Hello, this is Joshua Mack from Cornerstone Bible Church. We are talking marriage and family. I was actually having a conversation with someone recently from the church, and they were mentioning how much they benefited from a class last year where we were talking about things like this, talking about marriage and family. And they were wondering uh, the next time we were going to do something similar. And I realized that that was a good idea. And so I started looking at the calendar and it became pretty clear that things are a little busy. And so I wasn't sure when we were going to be able to do it again. And yet, um, man, marriage and family is such an important topic. And so I thought in the meantime, we, we need to have this class for sure. But in the meantime, I thought I could just share a little of what we talked about there, um, which you can listen to when you have the opportunity, if you find it helpful. And so we're talking, that's why we're talking about marriage and family, and we've been going back to the basics. And uh, we've begun by asking the question, what is marriage? Which is maybe not a question that we would ask all that often. What does it mean to be married? Define marriage. If you want to embarrass someone, I suppose you could ask a married person that question and see if they have a hard time answering Sometimes it's hard to be able to explain things that really should be simple. I I know because when I was in Africa, I would often counsel couples who uh, would come to me and one of them would say, you know what, we're married. And the other would say, no, we're not married. And, uh, And so I'd have to do a little investigating. And as I did a little investigating, I discovered why it was complicated And so it forced me to do some thinking. (laughs) How do we know when someone is married? What does it mean to be married? And as I thought about a basic biblical definition of marriage, I realized how many of our problems come from not understanding what marriage is. And so we've gone back to the basics like this and begun thinking together about what it means to be married. And we looked at a number of different definitions, but essentially we've said that marriage is a covenant relationship for life. And each part of that statement is important. It's a covenant. So what is a a covenant? It's two parties who are committing to each other and to God really to live for the other person's good. It's uh, a relationship you didn't have before you enter into it. It's a covenant you're making with the other person and with God. And it's a relationship. It's a covenant relationship. And the emphasis this time, uh, this podcast is going to be on relationship. In uh, the last podcast, we talked about some definitions of marriage, and they were from different authors, but both authors, when they describe marriage, used words like companionship and union. And those two words, the the one companionship kind of focuses on the relational aspect, friendship, you might say. And the other term, union, I think is probably focusing more on the physical relationship. But that gives us an idea of the kind of covenant we're entering into when we get married. It's a covenant that involves a unique physical and spiritual relationship. Let's think about that for a minute, just starting with the idea of friendship which is a biblical idea for sure. Proverbs 2.17 describes marriage as companionship. 
Malachi 2.14 talks about the wife as the husband's companion by covenant. And so marriage has something to do with friendship. Obviously, a marriage isn't only for friendship, but it certainly is for friendship. I, I remember hearing a little bit about the marriage between um, Martin Luther and Katie von Bora. Uh, Martin Luther, you know, was famous for starting the Reformation. And uh, at the core of the Reformation was this idea that the Bible is our final authority. And uh, one of the particular issues that Luther took issue with was the idea that it was wrong for um, a pastor to be married. And so he said that's nowhere in the Bible. And he even wrote a book on called On Monastic Vows, uh, where he tried to prove that this idea of the priest having to be celibate was just a human idea, definitely not God's idea. And at the end of the book, he said that monks and nuns should throw off those vows of celibacy and get married for the glory of God. Uh, one author, uh, he, he, he talks about what happened as a result. He says, a group of nuns read the book, found his reasoning compelling, and threw off their vows. But the Roman Catholic Church would not let them leave the convent, so Luther helped arrange this big heist. Twelve women were smuggled out of a convent in twelve empty fish barrels. And Luther helped those women get married. Most of them got married pretty easily, but one of the nuns was pretty tough to find a husband for. And so she eventually came up to Luther and she basically said, you got me into this mess. You owe me a husband. If you don't find me one, then you'll have to marry me. And uh, Luther was 40 at the time. He's pretty happy, single guy. He didn't want to marry her, but eventually she wore him down and they finally got married. And when someone asked Luther why they got married, you know what he said? He said, despite the devil, which isn't definitely, definitely isn't the most romantic con comment ever. And uh, fortunately, uh, he he didn't always speak like that about Katie von Bora. They, their marriage didn't start off like a fairy tale, I guess, but it they ended up having a, a pretty incredible marriage. And one of the ways we know that is through the, the letters that were left. Uh, he wrote her many, many letters. And in those letters, his favorite title for her was Lord Katie. What a guy. But But other names included Dear Rib, My Empress, My True Love, My Sweetheart, My Dear Gift of God. And you find in Luther, when he wrote about marriage, in the beginning he talked a lot about just the functional aspect of marriage, having babies, uh, staying away from sexual temptation. But towards the end of his life, he would call Katie Von Bora the greatest earthly gift of grace a man could have. She was more than his lover. She was his confident, confidant, his companion, his best friend. And that's a, a good example, I think, not necessarily the beginning of Luther's relationship with Katie, but the end. Your spouse should be your closest friend. This is one of uh, the most important elements of marriage, and as one author explains, it's also one of the most forgotten elements of marriage. I mean, many people obviously know their spouse is supposed to be their friend, but they really see attraction and passion and romance as the core of marriage. If anything, they see marriage as primarily romance spiced with a little friendship, but really marriage is friendship spiced with a little romance. I think it was Tim Keller that wrote that. And, and what he was trying to say is that if a marriage is gonna be endearing and enduring, friendship has to be at the core. 
there was a sociologist who put it like this. He says, the determining factor in whether wives feel satisfied with the romance and passion in their marriage is by 70% the quality of the couple's friendship. For men, the determining factor in all those things is by 70% the quality of the couple's friendship. And he says, so men and women come from the same planet after all. Uh, which I guess he's trying to be funny there, talking about men are from Mars and women are from Venus, which is neither here nor there. Coming back to the Bible, of course, which is our final authority, we see that everything about the way God describes marriage in Genesis 2, this foundational explanation of marriage, leads us to believe that this aspect is not just important because sociologists say so but is important because god himself says so for for one thing he explicitly says it's not good for man to be alone and one reason it wasn't good for man to be alone of course had to do with his mission but another reason would have to do with him being made in the image of god and god is triune he has existed forever in three persons father son and spirit who who know and love one another and so one thing being made in his image means is that we were designed for relationship And not just a relationship with God, but also a relationship with people, which is why it wasn't good for man to be alone and why, in response to his being alone, God created a friend. And we we see how close a friend, as God says, the two shall become one flesh. And that's not literal. Obviously, it's a picture of closeness, physical closeness and relational closeness. Leave, cleave, become one flesh. And obviously, the physical aspect is there in all this. But the physical aspect is really a picture as well. I think of the relational closeness that God intends for the husband and wife. Marriage is a covenant, and it is a covenant of companionship, which involves a unique sexual intimacy and relational intimacy as well. A Song of Songs is an illustration of that. A Song of Songs is an important book for marriage. Obviously, it's part of the wisdom literature. And I I think a big part of the purpose of Song of Songs is to show you God's design for the marriage relationship in a fallen world. And one thing that becomes clear as you look at Song of Songs is that God designed the relationship between a man and a woman to be enjoyed. Even after the garden, even after the fall, we're meant to enjoy one another. And of course, one way we're to enjoy each other as husband and wife is through physical intimacy. A marriage is not just for relational intimacy. It's not just a really great roommate. It's for sexual intimacy. One author puts it like this. From creation, scripture makes it clear that God intends sexual intimacy to take place exclusively between a man and a woman who have entered into the marriage covenant together. Marriage authorizes sexual intimacy. Yet, while Song of Songs does illustrate the joys of the physical relationship in marriage, that's not all there is. Clearly, as you look at the book of Song of Songs, another way God wants man and woman to enjoy the husband-wife relationship is through a loving, intimate friendship. God's definition of marriage involves sex and it involves friendship. There's delight not just in sex in Song of Songs, there's there's delight in one another. This book is about more than just the physical. That's why there are so many words in Song of Songs. As Dwayne Garrett explains, they relish their pleasure in each other not only with physical action but with carefully composed words. Love is above all a matter of the mind and heart and should be declared. And it's important for us to recognize that 
when it comes to God's definition of marriage, friendship, sexual union, these are not optional add-ons to marriage. They are an essential part of what you're signing up for when you get married. This is part of the covenant. Marriage is a covenant for companionship, physical and relational, which of course is why we need to challenge ourselves if we're married to pursue intimacy both physically and emotionally in marriage. Your spouse is supposed to be your friend. And even more than that, really, which should be obvious, but unfortunately sometimes isn't. One of the sad things I found is just the low expectations people sometimes have of marriage. There are some people, of course, that you have, you have to remind, hey, marriage is about more than just your spouse being your friend. But others, you have to remind them, hey, marriage is about your friendship. In other words, if I ask you who is your closest friend, you're going to want to thank your spouse. Marriage is a covenant. It's a covenant relationship, and it's a covenant relationship for life. That's an important part of the definition as well. And we don't want to talk so much about divorce right now, but God hates divorce. That's Malachi 2.14. That's straight from the Bible. And he hates divorce because it reflects a betrayal of the marriage covenants. Since he's the one who joined man and woman in this covenantal one flesh union, and because he designed it to last until death, he hates divorce. And really, we should as well. We know there are reasons why people get divorced, biblical reasons even, when the covenant itself is broken, but it's sad. It's sad. And because God takes marriage this seriously, we as as a church need to challenge people to take it seriously as well. I I found it strange, but we have to work to help people to take uh, getting married more seriously and being married seriously. I know of some people who do more preparation for buying a car than they do for getting married. It's like, I'm a certain age. I need to get married. Let's get married. And yet this is a covenant for life. And it's going to impact your life like no other relationship. And it's important to God. And so we want to make it normal for people to take it, to to seriously prepare for marriage. And if they're married, to, to work hard at this relationship. Because it matters. It matters so much, not just to us, but in God's great plan of how he's working in the world. And so I, I want to close just by asking you, if you're, you're married, how are you doing? That's the basic blueprint. Um, but how are you doing? Do you understand what marriage is, that you've entered into a covenant? That you've entered into a, a covenant relationship for life? Are you working hard at the relationship you have with your spouse? You know, I'm the kind of guy that can sometimes uh, be impressed by complicated answers. Uh, You know, someone asks a question and someone gives a simple answer and you think that can't be all there is to it. And sometimes it isn't. Sometimes the problem is much more complicated, but sometimes the problem is really pretty simple. Or at least we should say that the complicated stuff can't be dealt with until the simple stuff is fixed. And so in our marriages, there are going to be complicated issues, of course, but at the same time, many of those complicated issues come down to the fact that uh, we are confused about things that are relatively simple, like what is marriage? Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is for companionship, which involves 
uh, unique sexual intimacy and relational intimacy, and marriage is for life. Are you committed to taking your marriage as seriously as God does? By remaining committed to this covenant, whether you feel like it or not, by working at the friendship, and by committing to your spouse for the rest of your life.